This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. And welcome to the best show on your radio. Marty Grass not included. He's Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app. Serious X and Channel 80. And always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. Two things. Number one, that's Harry's fault. I was minding my own business. We're talking about, you know, potential coaching openings and maybe one of the biggest coaching moves was Bill Belichick not being hired by somebody. And if you're on the hot seat next year, if you're in Dallas or Philadelphia or the New York Giants, maybe the New York Jets, that specter Bill Belichick could be lording over you by your ownership group. And Harrison Douglas IV decided to say, hey, what about Bill Belichick in New Orleans with the Saints? And it just went completely that way. As soon as you said juvenile, the light bulb went off in my mind. Juvenile, what do you mean? Back it up. What are they backing up? <laughs> oh, my God. Why do they keep bouncing around? Bounce music? Where do we bounce at? Yeah, you look good. Why don't you back that thing up? <laughs> You're really fine. Why don't you back that thing up? <laughs> After you oh back it up. Oh, my God. Drop, 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 drop. <laughs> there go another one, Shannon. Uh, Bill, uh, did you see those uh, oh, folks line up against the fence just <laughs> bouncing? And he's like, next question. <laughs> next question. <laughs> oh, my Lord. So wh- why we were like that is Harry Douglas' fault by saying that Bill Belichick in New Orleans, mm, as far as that goes. Real quick, got to give a shout-out to our friend Mike. Mike hangs out with us. He works in the dentist's office, Dr. Edelson's office in Connecticut. And he said, dude, he said, you two guys, you guys got it, man. You guys make me laugh all the time. He loves Happy Hour with Herm Edwards each and every Monday. He said that is one of his favorite segments during the week. So, Mike, we really appreciate you giving us a listen and also the kind words as well when I have my – my mouth surgery today at the dentist office. <laughs> I think I may need more than this conversation. Yep. Laughing so hard. Whoa, you're going to need more. <laughs> more oral surgery? <laughs> I'm just moving on to Seattle. We're on to Seattle right now to get in touch about interview. That Belichick. wasn't enough for you? Yeah, apparently, maybe not. Who knows? I got to go back next Wednesday, Wednesday for a follow-up as far as that goes. But here, how Seattle Seahawks going to follow up Pete Carroll. They move on from the oldest coach in the National Football League. To the youngest coach, they hired Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald. He's going to take over, not only at age 36, Harry, the youngest head coach in the NFL. He got a six-year contract. That's what sources told ESPN NFL insider Adam Schefter. Yeah, this is a guy, this is only his second year being a defensive coordinator. Once with the Baltimore Ravens, and then he was the defensive coordinator for the Michigan Wolverines. And what these owners are telling you is that we don't care if these guys – uh, only have a year of experience or two years. If right. they if they're able to be productive, we want them while they're young. And when you look at all the head coaches that that are being signed this cycle this time around, outside of Jim Harbaugh, forty seven and under, right? Raheem Morris is the oldest one, and wow. even he's a young minded head coach that has matured so much throughout the years. But also, you look across the National Football League, Freddie. 21 of the 31 head coaches right now are 49 years old and younger. That's telling me that these owners, they don't want old. I don't know which other way I can put it. Absolutely. That's and the if, right way to put it. And if you're going to be old, Jim Harbaugh is 60. So I'm not going to call him old because of the way he moves, the way he's able to adapt, the way he is with his players, and also how he's able to build a certain culture within whatever organization he's a part of. Right. But we just had Delaney Walker on here the other day, and he just said that, 
my energy reminds him of Jim Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. Hell, he's way older than me. <laughs> he but, is. but think about that. Jim Harbaugh having that energy, being around those college kids, yeah. and you see it. You see it in their play on the football field. You see it in his leadership. Mm-hmm. But that's the cycle now. That's the thing when it comes to hiring head coaches. Mike McDonald is 36 years old. Gerard Mayo is 37. Brian Callahan is 39. Wow. But let's not stop there, though, Freddie. Uh-huh. Sean McVay, who's won a Super Bowl. Yep. Still young, 38. by the way. Yep, still young, by the Shane way. Shane Steichen, who is going to turn things around in Indy and had a phenomenal year with that team, 38. D'Amico Ryans, who made a playoffs in, in his first year, in which a lot of people thought the Houston Texans were going to be scratching and clawing uh, on the surface to even get somewhere. Right. It's 39. Zach Taylor has been to a Super Bowl, and he's 40. So it, the proof is in the pudding. So it's not necessarily, hey, Bill Belichick has won six Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. You got to be able to relate to these guys. And Mike McDonald is the next guy on that list on top of the hottest offense in the National Football League right now comes from what tree? The Shanahan tree. The Shanahan tree. Mm-hmm. The well, Shanahan tree, yep. Mike McDonald as a defensive play caller for the Baltimore Ravens went 8-1 and one versus that tree. When I look at the Seattle Seahawks, they play seven of those offenses in 2024. Why wouldn't you hire him as your head coach? Well, no matter what that hiring process was like, we had Brady Henderson on, ESPN Seattle Seahawks report. He joined us about an hour and a half ago here on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. Youth aside, this is what the Seattle Seahawks are getting, are getting excuse me, with Mike McDonald taking over for B. Carroll. He's bringing in a proven scheme that has led Baltimore uh, to having what's probably the best defense in the NFL over the past two seasons, certainly the best uh, this past year. I think they were the first defense in NFL history to lead the league uh, in fewest points allowed, most sacks, and most takeaways in the same season. So uh, it's a it's an excellent scheme that has shown uh, last season that it got it can get the most out of players, which is something the Seahawks did not do last season. Getting the most out of players that not that is not just an on the football field thing in the National Football League because the ones that can still relate to their players, if you can do that at a certain age like Andy Reid, but Andy Reid has been around long enough with the Philadelphia Eagles, what he's been able to do to the Kansas City Chiefs, but he has a lot of guys on his staff that can relate to young guys, and Andy Reid has shown that he can relate to young guys. But now he is a quote-unquote dinosaur when it compares to other coaches. I thought Pete Carroll related quite well to his Seattle Seahawks players when he was a Seattle Seahawks head coach, even last year, even though they did not make the playoffs. I didn't sense a disconnect when it came to not being able to relate. But to go back to your point, all those coaches you mentioned under the age of 50, or Jim Harbaugh, who seems like he's more 40 years of age than 60 years of age, old people don't want to feel older than they are. And especially more than ever before in sports relating to men and women, no matter what sport that is. If you're better serving yourself doing that, all of a sudden, they're really, they're really going to fight for you. They're going to run through walls for you. They're going to defend you. If they feel that you don't have their back or can't relate to what they're going through, mentally and physically, that's where that disconnect happened. Not saying it happened with Pete Carroll in Seattle, yep. but it's no coincidence that all these young coaches getting these opportunities because in 21st century athletics, they have a chance to relate to 21st century athletes more than the old school guys who may not want to and may have to place, have to adapt to them and not the other way around. Here's another thing I I believe we have to take a deeper dive dive into. When it comes to schematics and the scheme of things, simplicity is is in its simplest form. Absolutely. Right? Why am I giving this player all these 
different things to do on a football field and making his head turn in circles, and now he's out there running like a chicken with his head cut off, when I can just simplify things and allow him to be great. That's another thing. Yeah, like Nick Saban did at Alabama before he retired. He wasn't run out of Alabama because he could not relate to younger players. He just didn't want to do NIL and parents and all that other thing in the transfer portal. I don't blame him as far as that goes. But you've yet to hear any Alabama player saying we couldn't relate to Nick Saban at 71 years of age. He had that great ability and adaptability to do that. If you're not able to do that in modern sports in any, any field, I don't care what sport it is, owners are going to say, I'm going to find somebody that can do that and make things a lot better for us going forward when it comes to being in the playoffs, competing for championships, and not being irrelevant because that's where the Patriots are right now. And it's no coincidence. They went from Bill Belichick to Gerard Mayo to get into the 21st century when it comes to that. And it also doesn't help for the older coaches when you have these young coaches having that instant success. That is true. When they get these head coaching jobs. So when if, if I'm an owner, and I, and I witnessed this season – C.J. Stroud and his growth as a rookie quarterback, D'Amico Ryans and what they were able to do. And I'm looking at the Colts and Shane Steichen. I'm saying to myself, why in the hell can that be us? I don't care if we're the bottom of the dumps, where the Houston Texans were. If they can do it, why can't we do it? Yeah, they went And from, that's how they yeah, think. Yeah, they went from a 4-13 and team to a division winner when it comes to Houston Texans. That future is extremely, extremely bright because they got a quarterback and they got a coach and they got a mentality. That travels in the National Football League. Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together. Appreciate you joining us here on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. ESPN.com, when it comes to playing the Futures game involving coaches and players, they had a great article projecting NFL quarterback moves involving trades, signings, cuts, and draft picks. Yes, they looked into their crystal ball when it came to what they think could possibly happen or should happen with the NFL offseason literally right around the corner. Once the Super Bowl's over between the Kansas City Chiefs and the 49ers, that's when the offseason really gets started in earnest. For example, Justin Fields. And you can say whatever you want about Justin Fields. And plenty have said so much. For example, one of our favorites, Eugene Jackson on Twitter, at Coleman ESPN at HDogs83, he says, Freddie, I'm happy to see Justin Fields leave Chicago. His record, 11 wins and 29 losses, and never beat the Green Bay Packers is unacceptable in this city of Chicago. Fields got to go immediately. Well, Mr. Jackson, ESPN.com agrees with you. They got Justin Fields going to the Las Vegas Raiders for a second and seventh round pick in the upcoming draft. Ooh, second and a seventh rounder. Now, if if that's all it takes for Justin Fields, then if I'm any team that needs a quarterback, I will be scratching and clawing to give that to him. I, I really would. And for the Las Vegas Raiders, you have a guy in Antonio Pierce who's going to be able to relate absolutely to Justin Fields, who's going to put him in the proper positions to be successful. I firmly believe that. That's mm-hmm. another reason why Antonio Pierce, in my opinion, was able to get the job yeah. as the head coach moving forward. I would also say I wouldn't mind seeing him in Pittsburgh. Right, You have Arthur okay. Smith now, who's now the offensive coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm not mad at that and at all. You have two solid running backs. You have receivers. You have tight ends. They can also add more depth on their offensive line. Mm-hmm. You know you're going to have a defense to be able to back you up. As long as T.J. Watt is healthy, your defense is going to be okay. Yeah. So I wouldn't mind seeing Justin Fields there. Mm-hmm. And Atlanta is the third team. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's the one that needs him the most, in my opinion. You look at those offensive weapons that they have, Bijan, Algier in the backfield, uh, you have Drake London at the wide receiver position, Cal Pitts, John New Smith, a solid offensive line. I really think Justin Fields would 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 you know turn a lot of heads mm-hmm. being in Atlanta with that offensive system now, which is 
Zach Robinson, he came from under Sean McVay, so it's that Shanahan tree, that Shanahan type offense again. Yeah. So we know what that what that has meant to the National Football League, not just in recent times, but when the Denver Broncos and Terrell Davis and John Elway was running that offense. They should be at the front of the line for the services of Justin Fields when it comes to the Atlanta Falcons. There's no if ands, or buts about that. All the things you just mentioned, you need a quarterback that can be in a position where people believe in him. They, to me, they never seem to want to believe in Justin Fields. And the minute that they realized they could get Caleb Williams, he was dead quarterback throwing the football when it comes to staying in Chicago. They had already made up their mind. We're going to get the number one pick in the draft. And the worst and worst Carolina Panthers got, they knew they were going to get that pick part of a trade involving DJ Moore. Man, they were just like kids before Christmas, knowing they're going to get the toy they wanted when it comes to Caleb Williams. If I'm the Atlanta Falcons, if I'm the New England Patriots, I'd be at the front of that line. That was my that was my fourth team. That was your fourth team. That was my. I fourth. did not know that. Yep. Really, but for, but for the Falcons, he's he's from Georgia. Right? Exactly, that's another reason. Yeah, kid exactly. And, you know, people get on you. Hey, why you got to bring race into it? I live in Atlanta. I'm from there. Having someone that looks like the culture in Atlanta as a quarterback, I there are still people in the stands to this day with Michael Vick jerseys. With Michael Vick jerseys with everything that he's gone through. Mm-hmm. So Justin Fields would fit right in in Atlanta. Speaking of trying to fit, we know that Russell Wilson was not a fit with the Denver Broncos. It wasn't a fit early. It was a little bit of fit in the middle. wasn't a fit late. He got benched the final part of the regular season for Jared Stidham. So his time in Denver, he and Sierra are going to have to take their goodies and go somewhere else because that's not going to be in Denver for them as far as that goes. According to ESPN.com projecting a move with him, they're predicting that they will cut him, meaning the Broncos cut Russell Wilson, and he signs with the Atlanta Falcons for three years, $36 million, $20 million in guaranteed money. So, Russell Wilson, if he was the quarterback the last two years for the Falcons, they'd make the playoffs as well. Um, I, I thought he really – now, you didn't have, on a consistent basis, just outstanding play from Russell, but right. Russell was consistent. Not to mention his wife, Sierra. She's from the A-Town. She's from the south side of Atlanta, too. Now, that I didn't know. Yep. She's uh-huh. from the south side of Atlanta. She she from Clayco, uh, Clayton uh, County, uh, same uh, county uh, I'm from, baby. As Braxton son the Jimmy Fox show. Aha. Aha. I did not know that she was yes, from sir. that area and Russell Wilson would fit quite well with Pecan Pie. And Man, I, I just Peach told Cobbler. y'all when Calvin Johnson came on here, the South Side is serious. I've never doubted that. The South Side of Atlanta is serious. I mean, Freddy. we have evidence now, yeah. thanks to you and Calvin Johnson Jr. <laughs> and potential Russell Wilson and Mrs. W- Mrs. Wilson, maybe going to the Atlanta Falcons, part of ESPN.com and their projections. If, if I'm Russell Wilson, though, the Atlanta Falcons, that's a great spot. If you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, might want to take a look. Veteran quarterback. We know he can play in cold weather. Yep. Did in Seattle. Succeed in a cold weather. You are a run-first football team. He can add to that running game. He can still throw the deep ball down the field, which plays in the hands of George Pickens and Deontay Johnson. We know that when you give him a quality tight end, he can find that. And Frymuth is a quality tight end for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They make any kind of adjustments on the offensive line. In that division, in which everybody last year played over 500 football and three teams, just like the year before, made the playoffs when it came to Baltimore, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh and Cincinnati without Joe Burrow finished at nine and eight. You bring a guy to that kind of division and that kind of weather, that kind of football, that division will be the best division in the NFL once again. Hey, my homeboy Tobias that I grew up with, he just yeah. texted me. He listened to the show. Southside. Yeah. Now we spell South, not S O U T H. Okay. It's S O U F. That's not a surprise. Side. 
<laughs> I Sierra, love that. Sierra went to Riverdale High School. That was one of my rivals uh, okay. when I when I was coming up. Uh, what not, but yeah, man, I wouldn't mind yeah. having Russell Wilson in Atlanta. If you had told me that we would have six degrees of separation involving Harry Douglas and Sierra and we only got to one degree, I would have laughed you out of the room. Because <laughs> I didn't know she was from Southside Atlanta. Yeah. I didn't know she was from the ATL at all. Yep. Get the chance yeah, to go home and see family, closer to the grandparents, as far as that goes. Hmm. Interesting. Here are the draft picks that they have regarding the quarterbacks. We're going to ESPN.com, projecting NFL quarterback moves Trades, signings, cuts, and draft picks. Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. They have the obvious. They have the Chicago Bears at number one, taking Caleb Williams, a quarterback out of USC. At number two, they have the Washington Commanders, taking Drake May out of North Carolina. At number three, they have the New England Patriots, because Bill Belichick, in case you haven't, in case you forgot, no longer in charge of things there. They got them taking Jaden Daniels at LSU at number three with the Patriots. Then another quarterback is not selected until the second round. The Giants taking Michael Penix Jr. of Washington at number 39. Vikings at number 42 taking J.J. McCarthy out of Michigan. Falcons at number 74 taking Bo Nix out of Oregon. Broncos at number 76 taking Michael Pratt out of Tulane. By the way, that's a sneaky pick. I think Michael Pratt's going to be really good oh, in that football league. Yes, it is. Big, strong, can make plays, can run, can throw the football. I think that's a sneaky pick. And got the Steelers at number 84, Jordan Travis of Florida State, who suffered that injury before they won the ACC championship. That's a sneaky, solid pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers. If they're able to get him, um, he's going to have to sit out. He, he got injured. We've seen yeah. the, the gruesome injury that he that he had in that game, second to last game of the regular season. But I really, lo- I really like what J- Jordan Travis brought to the table for the Florida State Seminoles. And mm-hmm, yeah. if he hadn't gotten hurt, they would have been in, co- in the college football playoffs. But also the way he's been able to progress throughout his career. You know, he was at Louisville at one point. Mm-hmm, that's right. Right, and went back down to Florida State and was able to establish himself, himself, get better uh, this season before that injury actually occurred. Uh, but man, at number two, if I'm the Commanders, I mean, you already uh-huh. have a North Carolina quarterback on the roster. Not for long. <laughs> Not for long. I would, if, if I'm them, I would, I would go Jaden Daniels. Me too. I'm glad you said it. Nothing against Drake May. No, no, no. Drake May suffered because the offensive line wasn't as good, the running game wasn't there, and I thought he put way too much on his shoulders trying to overcome the wrongs of a defense that became leaky and an offensive line that did not protect him. I thought at times he tried to – throw his way or throw that team's See, way out of trouble. But but that was the thing for me going into the season for Drake May, right? We we seen the outstanding talent in 2022, right? Were you able to continue to make deposits in the bank? When, it, right. when the big play wasn't there, could you throw the check downs? Can you throw the football out of bounds to live the play another down? That was on my checklist for Drake May, and he didn't do a great job of, of it, in my opinion, in the 2023 season. Well, we'll see if he can do that in 2024 with an NFL football team. But I'm with you. I, I'm a Drake May fan as well. I think he's going to be terrific in the National Football League. But Jaden Daniels has that it. Yeah. He has that factor. Herm Evers talked about him. He recruited him in Arizona State before he transferred and went to LSU. And he said, you knew right away. He, they said the first day of fall camp, they said, that's our starting quarterback. Because he had that it factor. And we saw that even with LSU, when they didn't collapse around him, but didn't win those big games, but it wasn't his fault because he was playing well in those big situations when it came to Jaden Daniels. I think whoever the commander select is going to be the right pick, but Jaden Daniels, he would get my vote to go number two to the commanders in that spot with the NFL draft. Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together. Always appreciate you joining us here on Freddie and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. So we got a homecoming involving this NBA superstar, LeBron James being cryptic and Joel Embiid and the Philadelphia 76ers not being smarter. 
All the NBA talk you can stand next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. It is the Wednesday Groovathon known as Freddie and Harry. He's Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together on the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80, and always, always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Don't forget about NBA action tomorrow. Celtics hosting the Los Angeles Lakers, who are on the struggle bus. The Celtics, not the Lakers. <laughs> They're not on the struggle bus. Presented by Indeed. Cards begins at 7 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Damian Lillard, longtime Portland Trailblazer, now the Milwaukee Bucks. He makes his return back to that city where he made his name, made his name, and made his game. He talked about having that homecoming tonight and how special it's going to be. I mean, I'm just excited, excited to play. Obviously, it was a, a great time. I loved the organization. I loved uh, everybody that I went to work with every day. I think what made it the hardest is it wasn't a, it wasn't a broken relationship. So coming back is just being able to be here. I'm in a great situation. You know, the reason it all came about in the first place was for a chance to win it all. We couldn't be at that place at the same time. Uh, so I, I come back with love, and you know, I'm excited to be back in the Motor Center. It's too bad that game was not on Love Friday. It would have been perfect for him to play in Portland as a Milwaukee Buck now, but that game tonight on ESPN at 10 o'clock Eastern time. Jamal Collier is there covering that game as an ESPN NBA reporter. Let's get his thoughts on that. LeBron James and also not being smart in Philadelphia because of Joel Embiid. He joins us here on Freddie and Harry. Hit him on Twitter at Jamal Collier. Jamal, what has it been like? Because I heard from Shannon Penn, our producer, you just entered into the building. What has that been like with Damian Lillard making this return back home to the Portland Trailblazers? Yeah, what's up, man? It's going to be an exciting night, and I think an emotional night uh, as well. Damian, talking to him before getting to the game, he's not an emotional guy by nature, so I think that uh, him, for him, it's exciting to be at home and see all these familiar faces and such. But I, I think once he gets in here, and uh, I'm sure that the people are excited to see him here, heard from a lot of uh, uh, folks that have been around him and covered him for years, that have interacted, uh, interacted with him in Portland, that are just excited to see him, man. He's a dude that's touched a lot of people. So I think once you get into that atmosphere, uh, you know, I think that, that you can see an emotional game for him to sort of soak that all in. And Jamal, i got to ask you, what kind of reception do you think a guy like Damian Lillard is going to be able to receive going back to Portland. He spent his first 11 years in the National Basketball Association pouring his heart and everything that he had in him into that city, but also giving it giving it his all on the basketball court. I, I mean, I just think it's got to be uh, 
is going to be a pretty, you know, heartwarming, emotional ovation. And the people here got to be excited to see him. I mean, you know, first of all, you think about just the, the, the basketball that they've had. This is a team that's rebuilding and got a lot of young pieces. But I think from that standpoint, they're going to be excited to uh, welcome Dane back. And, and, you know, again, I, I think they're not in, you know, maybe on the most equitable, you know, peaceful terms between him and the organization. But really, I think fans had to understand really kind of what to do went through. I think it's going to be a cool moment, man, just to see, like, the guy get his flowers in real time while he's still playing. Uh, and be appreciated in that way. So I think it's going to be kind of one of those returns where you see a fan base really kind of thank him uh, and appreciate him and welcome him uh, after so far, so long the West. Jamal Collier, ESPN NBA reporter, live from Portland as Damian Lillard makes his return back to that city in a Bucks uniform on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Jamal, if I give you the over-under, the video tribute, three and a half minutes, are you taking it over the under tonight? Definitely go over. I think I think they're gonna keep. I think they're gonna keep it under uh, because uh, you know I think they they, they, they got to keep. You know, games got to keep it together. But so, you know, they, actually, they got a little game engagementship in them. <laughs> Maybe just throw all the, all those hard women plays in there. Get his kids in there. Get them from everybody. I'll take the over. <laughs> Now, Jamal, let's get to the to the juicy stuff. We know mm-hmm. Doc Rivers has now taken over as the head coach of this basketball team. What do you think that adjustment period and how long it's going to be able to take the Milwaukee Bucks to adjust to the things that Doc Rivers want to implement, especially defensively, in the way he likes to do things moving forward? So I think Doc has come in right away emphasizing freaking patience, right? I mean, just from a pure logistical standpoint, they don't even like, they're not even on the right play call. I mean, he talked about their first game or their night in Denver. He's still looking at assistants being like, hey, what, what's the name of that one play? Run that one play. So I think, like, on that sense of it, he's got to have some time to sort of figure out, uh, you know, the team and the team or him. But the kind of funny part about it is, you know, if he's saying that it's not a whole lot of time. You know, he's got 35 games before the playoffs started. And this is the team that obviously fired their coach while they're in second place. Like, the idea that they got all this time and that they're not worried about winning right now in this season. Um, it's, you know, I mean, it's not true. Like, I think that, you know, we'll probably start seeing here uh, after a week or so, Fox Talk has definitely talked about, like, you know, ramping up the game, Giannis offense, pick and roll, getting those guys to play off each other a little bit more. Uh, and then defensively, I think that we've already seen that right away. The last four games, you know, one of them with Doc, a couple of them would be uh, interim head coach. The Bucks have played a whole lot better defense. We look a lot more inspired. And he was giving a better effort on that end. I think that that's something that Doc is going to impact right away, getting everybody to buy in to actually caring about that side of the sport. Hey, Jamal, enjoy the night tonight because I'm sure it's going to be a special homecoming, 10 o'clock Eastern time in ESPN with the Trailblazers with Damian Little on the other side of Milwaukee Bucks uniform. Thanks for the time. We'll talk to you soon on Freddie and Harry, my friend. Thanks, guys. Be a good one. Jamal Collier, ESPN NBA reported him on Twitter at Jamal Collier. And you mentioned he's Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together and Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. You mentioned how juicy that is to Doc Rivers taking over the Milwaukee Bucks and see if they can figure that out and be the championship team that they believe that they can be. That Lakers, that situation getting more and more juicy, whether they want to or not. After they lost last night to the Houston Rockets and LeBron James posted a very cryptic tweet about an hourglass that was upside down, upside down, excuse me, indicating that time is starting to run out on this team trying to be a championship contender. 
he was asked in the press conference after the game if there's any message he can get to his team to get them right. He said, Brian, you guys are, are cut staying on the road for the next couple of games. Big matchup against Boston, big matchup against the Knicks. Uh, what will your message be to your teammate? What can you do yourself you know, to get that, get the pick back on the winning side of things? I don't have any message for my teammates. Just go out and do your job. Huh? I mean, <laughs> I'm not yet. Appreciate it. You had to cut me off because I was about to. Okay. He was about to give us that tea, and then he stopped himself before he spilled it because after that, that's when he stirred the pot by t- tweeting an hourglass upside down, indicating time is really running out on the Lakers. Well, we've seen with this team last year when they were able to make moves and be able to make a Western Conference final before LeBron ran out of gas, and then we wanted AD to step up and show up. Well, AD's been healthy this year, right, for the most part. And he's been out there, him and LeBron, they're averaging the same amount of points. Uh, but also, when LeBron gets in these moods, when he feels like things aren't where they need, where they need to be, yeah. he's going to put pressure on the front office. He's going to put pressure on the general manager. Because in LeBron's mind, hey, if you give me A, B, C, or D, or somewhat of something that I feel like we need, I'm going to make it work. And for the most part, throughout his career, he's been right in doing so, though. Right. He may be able to do that in spurts, but not for an extended period. Because you could tell that was a game for the ages involving him and Steph Curry when they played on Saturday it night. Was. He looked washed. Two overtimes, when, too. Absolutely. That's when, And he played the majority of the minutes, the bulk of the minutes, making plays at both ends. And the two games after that, both losses by the Lakers, they get picked apart by Atlanta, and they lose to the Houston Rockets. He looked washed. You look at Steph Curry the other night. Last night against Philadelphia 76, he's bebopping all around and doing all those kind of things and making things work and making three-pointers. He may be able to do it, but those stretches now, Harry, when it comes to LeBron James, are going to be shorter and shorter and shorter. And even if you make a trade, the one thing that they need for him is depth enough so he's not playing all these extended minutes. If you're going to make that kind of trade, guess what you're giving up? Depth to make sure he won't play these extended minutes if and when you get to the playoffs and they still loaded and rugged Western Conference. Well, well, that's why I think it's imperative for Austin Reeves, also D'Angelo Russell, for those guys to be consistent scoring the basketball. Because when they are, you mm-hmm. can now rest LeBron James because you're going to probably have AD on the court as well, right? Absolutely. And it's imper- imperative for him to stay healthy. Yeah. If those guys aren't being consistent enough to help carry some of the load so LeBron James can get these breathers. Because I'm looking at the teams that they played. They played the Houston Rockets and the Atlanta Hawks. They shouldn't lose those two teams. No question. But for that Houston Rockets game, because of the things that went went on between him and Ime Odoka, because of Dylan Brooks, your energy level has to be on, on 10 going against the Houston Rockets. Right? So think about that much more energy that you're exerting. Absolutely. Because you and you just left a double overtime game a uh, night and a half ago. Yeah. Versus yeah. Steph Curry and company, and mm-hmm. then you go to Atlanta, mm-hmm. and man, mm-hmm. it's hard to play in the ATL. Mm-hmm. Trust me, folks, mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> I'm not saying they went anywhere, but I'm just saying. You're saying that anything that had to do with their loss had nothing to do with basketball and the game plan by the Atlanta Hawks. Well, they played. Got on, it. They played on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got there on a Monday. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. 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 
<laughs> so it shall be said, and so it was the Los Angeles Lakers losing in Atlanta and then to Houston. Speaking of Los Angeles Lakers, Saturday night they try to get on the winning track. Once again, they take on the New York Knicks in the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden. Go New Garden. York, go, go New, New York, York, go! Presented by Indeed, and also, go New York, go New York, go! By the way, my team and Shannon's team, we won eight in a row, so take that. As should far should as I, I go to the game tomorrow? I'm trying to debate, should I go to the game tomorrow? That's right. The Knicks are playing. They play. They beat Utah. The Pacers, if I'm not mistaken. Either way, if there's a game in Madison Square Garden, and you're in New York City, and you don't go, then what are you doing? They play the Pacers tomorrow, seven thirty Eastern time. I mean, First day of February. You know, humble. You get paid on Thursday. It's, it's not like I ain't never been in the arena. Right, exactly. Before. You, you know, you, I mean, I've been you, there before. You, you get paid on Thursday. You know, my brother Tony Douglas played in the arena. Thank you, you know, I, it's not like I don't. It's not a necessity. Yeah. I would like to go. Exactly. As long as you have a cro- crossword about James Dolan, the owner, you should be in the building. <laughs> I don't like the way he did my boy Charles Oakley. I understand that, but you better not say it publicly. <laughs> you better keep that to yourself. Or you'll be watching that game on the outside in a bar across the street. <laughs> Knicks hosting the Lakers at Madison Square Garden. Harry Douglas might be there, but it'll be presented by Indeed. Coverage on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app begins at 8 p.m. Eastern time. But back in the National Football League, we want to hear from you on the Freddie and Harry Collin line at 888-ESPN. That is 888-729-3776. Give us the one thing your NFL team needs to do to get better next season. Harry's Falcons, he believes we need a quarterback ASAP. Stat. I'm a Jets and Cowboys fan. The Cowboys need to get bigger at linebacker and get a bigger running back, and the Jets need another pair of offensive eyes, not name Nathaniel Hackett as an offensive coordinator. What about you? What's the one thing your NFL team needs to do to get better next season? Call us up right now at 888-729-3776 and be heard on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. It is the Wednesday Groovathon known as Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance with Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on Sirius XM Channel 80 and always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. The NFL offseason has already started, but it's really going to begin in earnest the minute we get a winner of the Super Bowl involving the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers 12 days from now. So what's the one thing your NFL team has to do to get better next season? Let's hear from you at Triple H, say ESPN. That is 888-729-3776. One of our favorites is the Mighty Wolf hanging out with us in Virginia. Wolf, what you got? Man, oh, man. Let me tell you, Pastor Freddie and Blues singing, Harry, I got something. I I got a little something for you if you don't mind. This is my birthday. Happy happy birthday. Uh Uh-uh, we got to do this the right way. Just wait a minute, Wolf. Three. Two, one. Happy birthday to ya. Happy birthday to ya. Happy birthday. There we go. Oh, that was very respectful, gentlemen. I appreciate that, man. I hope pack members. Thank you. We appreciate you. Uh, I got to say one thing because you got me a little twisted up with Belichick. You know, he he got that excessive maturity going on here. We can't call it age. Discrimination. He just got excess maturity. Uh-huh. And uh, one thing that would be fascinating is if he did go down to New Orleans, sat on the end of the bench, and a local Cajun queen sat on his lap and fed him 
some paella. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wolfing. They're playing men that would sign up for that. <laughs> Bill Belichick notwithstanding. <laughs> Wolf, Wolf, you're one of a kind, bro. Really you're one is. of a kind. <laughs> because now I got a mental image now. now yeah, I got a mental image now. Bill mm. Belichick, someone shows up all dressed up like a Madam Priestess and let the games begin. <laughs> That's uh, right. Go, uh-huh. Bill. Go, Bill. Go, Bill. Go, Bill. Bill. Go, Bill. B. Go. Go, Bill. B. Go, Bill. B. Go. Well done, Shannon Penn and Devin Kent, our producers behind oh, the scenes. Man. Charles in Illinois, what's the one thing your NFL team needs to do to get better next season? Well, Juan, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Uh, love listening to you guys get me home safely every day for the long drive. Two, I need you guys to stop okay. saying Justin Fields needs to leave Chicago. We well, never had a great quarterback. Stop putting that voodoo out there. I'm going to have to bring Joe Boo out. i got to give up my rum. Man, you're making life rough on us out here. I don't know this rookie coming out of college. Uh, well, put stop it putting this, that on us. I'm not putting it on you. They've been able to put it on everybody else. Charles in Illinois when it comes to taking Caleb Williams. That's what they want to do. Yeah, yeah. Freddie's not putting it on you. Everybody else was putting it on you, John. Stop that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're back. Uh, uh, put it on him. Put it on him. That's going to be like our go theme song now. Go. That's going to be like one of our theme he songs now. <laughs> <It's gonna, laughs> yeah, well done. No one caught that reference from Major League when Hold it comes on. to Joe Boo. What did he say? He's about Jobu. You know, the Jobu oh, was, yeah. was, was the voodoo doll that he had in Major League. Serrano won. But, you know, well done by Charles Illinois sneaking that in. A good catch by Shannon Pitt, our producer, along with all of us. John in Ohio. Oh, What's man. the one thing your NFL team needs to do to get better next year? Well, the first thing I want to point out is Jobu is a Cleveland concept, which I would like to go ahead and get that, that on is board true. for my concept. boy. So. Cleveland Browns fan, unfortunately, I'm 53 years old, so I've had a lot of disappointment in my life. So one of the biggest things that we need to get consistent with is the quarterback position. At least let's get it down to at least four quarterbacks in a season. (laughs) Man, I hate to break it to you. Y'all are stuck with Deshaun Watson. Now, let me say this. If Deshaun... I'm not going to say get back to the form in which he was playing with the Houston Texans. That that folks that yeah, those days are over. Yeah, <laughs> I, I honestly believe it is. Leave the past in the past on that one. But like I mentioned before, the season started. I didn't think Deshaun Watson had to play like he played mm-hmm. with the Houston Texans in order for them to have an opportunity to contend for a Super Bowl. Absolutely. So if you could get him playing better football and really in the past game, dicing people up. Because I thought when Joe Flacco became the quarterback of that team, we seen David Njoku, a light went off in his head. We seen Amari Cooper uh, become more happier as he was walking around, mm-hmm. right? So I, I think I do believe Deshaun Watson, from a passing standpoint, he's going to have to get on point with his receivers and also his tight end. So that, that can be a major threat posed to a, the, the opponents that they play coming up in 2024. Deshaun Watson should realize that Joe Flacco gave you the perfect blueprint, how to operate in that offensive system, make that work outside of the interceptions, because that's what Joe Flacco, even when they were playing well, he did struggle with that in a couple of games, even a couple of games that they won. And it came back to haunt him and the Cleveland Browns. We had two pick sixes and back-to-back possessions that completely turned that game the other way. So Deshaun Watson, you had the blueprint. Joe Flacco has shown you that 
just avoid the interceptions and use your ability to extend plays with your legs, then all of a sudden that Cleveland Browns team could be that much legitimate in, in the AFC. Why, why are you laughing? I can't get the juvenile song out of my mind right now. <laughs> well, there we go. Hey, go, B-O-B. Go, Belichick. Go, Belichick. Go. Go, Belichick. Go, Belichick. Go. <laughs> Harry Douglas, you got to take the blame for this one. We were minding our business, and then you said, I got a team that made Bill Belichick could possibly go to New Orleans Saints. And all hell has broken loose oh, man. ever since then. Well, Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys, they are tired of backing that thing up out of the playoffs and all hell breaking loose with one-and-done situations. So why does he think that Dak Prescott may not need to be a Cowboy soon? Uh, I don't know. That's next. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.